0: Oh, oh, oh. Drastic comes but once a year, each tick of the clock. The time draws near when there'll be hope for every team in the, the National Football League. Football League. Typer and box pave the way, predicting the names commish would say. Drastic's watching every day. County drinking boxing train. Mobile 2 indeed displays seven rounds of fun. Whether it's just or relevant or number one. It's the count the CNFL draft. Welcome to the DC Podcast, brought to you by DraftCountdown.com. I'm Scott Wright, and in this episode, I'm going to take a look at some of the standouts from day two of the 2016 Senior Bowl practices. And the middle of the week now, players are starting to settle in. This is where you want to see not only players continually improving, but you want to see them start peaking. This is about the best it's going to get for them towards the end of the week here before the games. They've had time to, to get comfortable to learn the playbook, to adjust to the level of competition, what have you. So so now you want to see people clicking on all cylinders. And uh, I'm going to start out with the North squad. Uh, and, and the first guy that I wanted to talk about there is Darian Thompson, the safety from Boise State. And and pretty much throughout the entire process so far, he's been the consensus top safety prospect, uh, really draft eligible. I think even when you include the, the underclassmen who did come out or could have come out, Thompson's still probably won yet he's he's not getting a lot of attention or publicity, uh, but having a really solid week at the Senior Bowl and uh, kind of the total package. He's got the size, he's got the physicality, he's got the playmaking ability, but also outstanding intangibles. He's an extension of the coaching staff uh, in the secondary and is very much a, a team leader. So that's another thing that's going to work in his favor. And You know, when I was doing my initial mock draft, I wanted to get him in the latter part of the first round, but I kind of struggled with uh, an obvious fit. And in hindsight now, I think the problem might have been that I was just looking about a dozen spots too low. I think he's going to maybe be in that top 20, top 25 range, uh, more so than late round one, Uh, especially when you consider he is the top guy at that position, and that position's become becoming more and more valuable than ever. And we're going to be talking about another safety a little later on, but uh darian thompson uh i I think the buzz on him is going to continue to build here in the coming weeks and months and and on draft day he's gonna be a hot commodity uh even even if most teams feel he's a second round value as the top safety prospect in his class he's still going to go in the first round but i think most teams are gonna have a first round grade on him anyway, because as i said what's not to like he kind of checks all of the boxes another guy i want to talk about is vernon butler the defensive tackle from louisiana tech Uh, And and the first thing about Butler is he's one of those guys you you instantly know where he is on the field because of the size. He's 6'3 and 7'8", 325 pounds, super long arms, huge wingspan. Uh, In fact, I looked it up, and and only four players at the Senior Bowl this year had longer arms, and only two are heavier or have a a more expansive wingspan. So uh, a pretty rare length uh, for that position with Vernon Butler. And and even though he's such a big guy – Don't let it fool you. He's also surprisingly quick and agile and athletic as well. Uh, uh, Definitely more of a a run stuffer than a pass blocker. But um, the the other thing that that I really like about Butler is that a lot of times with, with big defensive tackles, the motor can be inconsistent. They either tire out, whether it be just due to a lack of effort or poor stamina, what have you. But with Butler, that's not the case at all. He's got a really good motor. He does a nice job in pursuit uh and and as i said a, a better run stuffer than than pass protector but could play in a 3-4 or 4-3 scheme and that and that versatility i think is going to uh, add to his value so a guy who doesn't necessarily get a lot of, of attention uh but but it's probably going to be a day two pick somewhere in the second or third round another player i want to talk about is nick Bannett, tight end of ohio state uh, uh, this is another case where pretty much throughout this entire process so far he's been widely considered the top senior prospect at his position and uh, i think he's kind of cementing that with his performance in mobile. and mobile and that doesn't mean his stock is is soaring or he's going to go really early it's just part of it he's, he's a good solid all-around player but part of it too is just this isn't a very good crop of tight ends once again this is about i think three years in a row probably where the tight end uh position has left a little something to be desired uh And and this might be the worst of the bunch, especially when you look at the top. I don't think we're going to have a first-rounder. O.J. Howard from Alabama would have been tight end one had he come out. But um, at at this point, I don't know that I see a a first-round tight end, and and the depth isn't particularly enticing either. Uh, So I think that's going to make Vanett maybe a a little more popular, a little more coveted on draft day, simply because you know what you're getting with him. He's going to be a capable pass catcher. Uh, he gets the job done as a blocker and at the very least you know you're getting a reliable backup at the next level and uh, during the season I kind of thought he reminded me a little bit of uh, his former teammate Jeff Hireman who was a third round pick of the Denver Broncos last year and unfortunately Hireman missed his entire rookie season with an injury but uh, uh, I remember leading up to last year's draft with Hireman I, I I thought that he had a chance to be a more pro- productive pro than college player and I think we could see something similar with Bannett. now if you think he's going to be Rob Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham or, or a, a big-time weapon at the position like that, you're going to be disappointed. He's not that type of player. Uh, but but in this class where we saw a couple years ago, Crockett Gilmore snuck into the top 100 overall, um, I, I could see Vanek going somewhere in that top 100, and um, it's just going to be a really good player. And I think he's solidified himself as the top senior tight end. Uh, next up on the North, I want to talk about Jack Allen, uh, the interior offensive lineman from Michigan State, a guy who could project either center or guard at the next level, and the center isn't the sexiest position to talk about, so I guess this part of the show is, is for the diehard draft mix, but this is actually a really good class of centers, uh, really good depth, and I think you're going to be able to find starting caliber players on day three, and, and Jack Allen is included in that, and and I think it's important to note when talking about centers, there's only an average of about seven drafted per year. So you could be the fifth best center and that still only equates to probably a third round pick. Uh, uh, it's just not a a priority for a lot of teams early in the draft. So that's why you see a lot of starting centers that can be had on day three. And I think Jack Allen definitely qualifies as a guy who has that type of potential. And he doesn't have that prototypical size and length you'd look for. He's got some athletic shortcomings, but compensates with just outstanding intangibles. Uh intelligent, tough, a lot of experience. He's a four year starter, just a tenacious mindset, great motor. Uh in, in the coming months leading up to the draft, when you people talk about Jack Allen, they're gonna bring up what he what he doesn't have or what he can't do. But don't be surprised that when draft day rolls, or that when the season rolls around, he's going to be competing for playing time pretty early on in his pro career. He's just a good football player, and he's the type of guy that the Patriots are going to draft in the fifth round, and he's going to end up starting for them at some point. And everybody's going to say, "Oh, how did everybody miss on Jack Allen?" Uh, I don't think anybody's missing on him. It's just uh, he's going to be a day three pick, uh, uh, as much due to his physical shortcomings, but more more so, I think, even due to just the, the positional value. It's not a priority. And then the last player on the North that I want to talk about is, is a, a San Jose State running back Tyler Irvin, who I actually saw during the season a couple times and was really impressed with him. I remember the first time I watched Tyler Irvin during the year, and I guess I didn't really know what to expect going in. And, and he's the type of player who, who kind of jumps out on the field to you. He's, he's got that extra gear. Uh, very explosive, great speed, and and quietly, I, I guess probably because he played at San Jose State and on the West Coast, it, it flew under the radar to a certain degree. But ran for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns as a senior, had a breakout campaign. He chipped in another 45 yards or 45 catches as a receiver out of the backfield. He gives you he offers promise as a return man. So uh, there's a lot to like about Tyler Irvin, and and I think with Urban it all comes down to expectations. Is he going to be a workhorse that you give the ball to 20 times a game? No, absolutely not. But if you're looking for a situational change of pace type back who can also contribute on special teams, I think he's going to be a really interesting option on day three and, and definitely a guy I would be targeting due to his versatility. And, and the, I think the other big story about Urban from the Senior Bowl so far is that he's put on some weight. Uh, during his senior year, he was listed at 177 pounds, but he weighed in here at 192. So he's up 15 pounds. And that's not an insignificant number when you're talking about 177 to 192. It it might be different if you're talking 325 to 310. But Uh, it has a little more impact when when you're as slight as Irvin was to begin with. So I I think that's another interesting factor that we have to take into account going forward here. But, I mean, Irvin, to me, is absolutely a draftable running back. I think in my rankings I have him as a mid-round pick. So I think round four, round five, situational change of pace runner, uh, you'll be really happy with Tyler Irvin. Let's kick it on to the south side. Uh, And we'll start with Jaron Reed, uh, the defensive tackle from Alabama who – He's kind of getting overshadowed a little bit by his new teammate down here, Sheldon Rankins from Louisville, who's just this uh, tremendous athlete. He's making all these splash plays. He's with the spin move, et cetera, et cetera. That's not Reed. That's not his game. That's not the type of player he is. And and, and that doesn't diminish the contributions that he does make by any stretch. Uh, I, I think Reed is the type of football player that the, the real football connoisseurs like. It, the people who can notice the little things and appreciate uh all the little things that he does uh reed of course was a a former junior college transfer Uh, two two terrific seasons with the crimson tide he helped anchor the best defensive line in the country hands down and not a great pass rusher although he gives you a little something in that regard but but outstanding against the run and and whether it be in a four three scheme as a nose tackle or in a three four you could play the nose you could play the five technique uh, he gives you some versatility. He offers you some options in terms of uh, uh, the versatility. Now, is he ever going to be the flashiest player? No. I mean, he's not going to be racking up double-digit sacks and, and wreaking havoc in the backfield. Uh, he's just not that type of player, and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you need players like Sheldon Rankins, but you also need players like Jaron Reed. And, and while watching the senior bowl practice, I was thinking, how many NFL teams would love to have a defensive tackle combo? of Sheldon Rankins and Jaron Reed. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I, I think if you could put those two together at the next level, it would be one of the better combos in the league. So uh, it just kind of puts into perspective the kind of talent that the South team has along that defensive line, not to mention Noah Spence, who's having a, a good week too. And, and I, I suppose I should have mentioned at the top of the show, but guys like Sheldon Rankins, Noah Spence, and then on the North you have Jason Spriggs and Carson Wentz and Braxton Miller, Jihad Ward, all these guys – I've talked about earlier in the week on past shows, previous reports, and uh, they're still having good weeks, but in in the interest of variety, I wanted to kind of feature some other prospects. So that's why I'm not talking about those guys today. Next up on the South, Harlan Miller, cornerback out of southeastern Louisiana. And for those who remember a few years ago, southeastern Louisiana had another corner selected in the second round uh, with Robert Alford, a member of the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't think Miller is going to go quite that high, but I think he's, kind of solidifying himself as a solid mid-round option uh the big knock on him is he's a little wiry he's only about 182 pounds but uh six feet tall a legit six feet tall he's got long arms great athlete fluid hips quick feet uh and also a bit of a playmaker in the secondary he finished his college career with 22 pass breakups and 11 interceptions uh I, i think his his Upside on draft day is always going to be somewhat limited just because of the lack of bulk. I think that's going to scare teams away from maybe investing a, a, a "quote unquote" premium draft pick on him. But I think when you get to that early part of day three, uh, that's where teams are going to start considering the small school cover guy. Up next, Jordan Jenkins, outside linebacker from Georgia, uh, and just a good football player. I, I, it's such a generic turn. I should try not to. I try not to use that too much, but it really is true. I mean, if Jordan Jenkins if you're looking for the best athlete, Jordan Jenkins isn't that. Uh, now, physically, he's got some intriguing tools. He's not real tall. He's only 6'2 and 5'8", but he's thick. He's 257 pounds. He's got really long arms. He's got huge hands. So even though he's uh, uh, only about 6'2 a half, I, I think he's got the arm length and the hand size of a guy 2, 3 inches taller. And it's not that he was unproductive in college because he finished with 40 tackles for a loss and 19 sacks, but wasn't always free to show everything he could do during his college career, I think would be a fair way to say it. Uh, um, he, he had a role to play, and, and he played that role, but he didn't always get an opportunity to pin his ears back and go after the passer. Uh, and, and he's not that type of athlete. He's not going to be this impact double-digit sack guy at the next level, but I think day two, he's going to be a steady Eddie, all-around pro. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was that made a comparison, or I give them credit, but I heard him compared to Courtney Upshaw, a Jarrett Johnson type of player maybe. I think that's the type of career I envision for Jordan Jenkins. Uh, more about power than speed necessarily, but just a, a good all-around player, Jordan Jenkins. Mostly I've been talking about the positives. Now this one kind of borders into the negative a little bit, but it's LaRaven Clark, the offensive of tackle from Texas Tech. And I, I said in my practice report that if NFL teams were bi- drafting based on the weigh-in, Clark would be in the running for the number one overall pick. I mean, he's that impressive on the hoof, he's 6'5 and 5'8 312 pounds just ridiculously long arms incredible wingspan just exactly how you draw it up freakish length uh, unfortunately the results on the field have not been nearly as impressive the, the weigh-in was kind of the high point of the week for him and and there have been flashes it's not like he's been a total bum or, or anything like that but but I, I think he's struggled more than he's excelled uh and 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 the hope is that with a little more experience Teach him, his tech, teach him better technique. Maybe he can tap into that immense potential. But but I think any team, regardless of where they draft him, they're going to be making that investment based more on the potential for greatness than actual results thus far. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how early he comes off the board. But if nothing else, I think he's kind of set himself up to be a, a very polarizing prospect in scouting circles and amongst draftniks here. Uh, leading up to the draft, because the physical tools are so impressive. I think they're going to lead lead some to overlook any deficiency he has on the field, thinking, well, we can get the best out of him. And, and I've said before, I've seen players that weren't as good players with far less upside go in the top 100. So would it shock me if the Raven Clark was a day two pick? No, I, I've seen crazier things. Uh, it only takes one team to fall in love with the prospect. It also wouldn't surprise me if he was... Um, uh, early mid late day three pick. I think his range is anywhere from round three to round seven. And you watch him and he tests like an early rounder. He plays like a late rounder. The truth might ultimately lie somewhere in between in the middle rounds. Uh, But we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Raven Clark uh, during the rest of this pre-draft process. And last but not least, I want to talk about Jalen Mills, the safety from LSU. And earlier I talked about how Darian Thompson, uh, the safety from Boise State, wasn't really getting maybe the due that he deserves I think that scene probably goes for Jalen Mills to a certain degree. And uh, I think part of that is because he missed some time with an injury as a senior. He only played in seven games, but still a highly regarded player. I think most have him as one of the, amongst their top handful uh prospects at the safety position, but I would just think he'd have a little more buzz and, and, that might be the case now going forward. Cause it, he was really impressive at the senior bowl on Wednesday, uh, especially in the one-on-ones where he had a really a string of nice plays where he was breaking up passes, showcasing superb instincts. And the, the nice thing about Jalen Mills is he's got that physicality. He'll come up and tackle. He'll support the run. He'll, he'll get his job done in that aspect of the game. But, but also has that athleticism in the range to cover like a cornerback, And that's what he was showing today. And, and, that, that's such a valuable skill set in today's NFL. That's more pass happy than ever. You need a safety who will come up and make a tackle, but is also capable of, of matching up with wideouts and coverage. And, and Mills showed at the senior bowl on Wednesday, he was capable of doing that. So uh, I'm a big fan of Jalen Mills. I, I think in both he and Thompson aren't getting enough pub. And I, I think they're the buzz around those guys are going to only grow uh, leading up to the 2016 NFL draft. And uh, considering how valuable his skill set is and the importance of that position. I guess I'll be surprised if Jalen Mills makes it beyond the top 50 overall. Uh, I'm a fan, so uh, Jalen Mills also had a really good uh, day and in, 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 uh, I think started his maybe ascent uh, at least it, not not necessarily of draft boards, but at least into the consciousness of uh, of draftniks. So, with that, I'm going to call the show. I want to thank everybody so much for listening and ask you to be sure to describe, subscribe to Draft Countdown to make sure you get all of the latest episodes. And if you like the show, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be great as well. Thanks for tuning in. And as of right now, there are 91 days, 9 hours, 2 minutes, and 46 seconds left until the 2016 NFL Draft. Tick tock.